morning I got my wife's. <laughs> uh, she actually, uh, her first language is English, mine is Spanish. So we get to, it is interesting at home. But, uh, well, it is a privilege to be before you. And it is the first uh, sermon of the year that I will preach. I didn't preach for my church this morning. I had Brother Gabe to preach for us. But um, it is interesting that you and I are part of God's plans. Even if you don't realize that, you have to put it in your mind. I don't know if the kids go to uh, to a specific class at this time. This will be the right time to to get them dismissed. But I want you to open up your mind and open up your heart and think that God has a special plan for your life. Um, we often don't think about this. And when it comes to the new year, we make resolutions. And I, it is very interesting, but I'd like to see how many of you made a resolution for this year. Show me your hand. All right. So just three of us. <laughs> that is encouraging. <laughs> but be- <laughs> They don't work anyways. Okay. Well, let me tell you my resolution. Um, it's got to do with my bow ties. And I've always liked bow ties, always. And I've never worn one until today. And I put it on at my house throughout the week, and my daughters were like, it looks kind of funny. And one of them liked it. My wife says, ah, it's too big. And I said, the reason it's too big is because it's my tie. I just saw a video, and I learned how to make it into a bow tie, and I put it on as a bow tie. So it is actually a tie that can transform into a bow tie. If you want to know any more, go to my channel on YouTube. So I can get more hits. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't have a YouTube channel. Anyway, uh, this morning I'd like to talk to you about how to become part of God's uh, plan. And since many of us have a resolution, you know what? God has a resolution for your life. And his resolution continues to be the same resolution as day one. He wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to transform your life. And he wants to give you a better future. That's reality. God wants to give you a better future. I don't know how your life is like. I don't know if you're suffering. I don't know if you're coming from a, a, a divorce. I don't know if your parents divorced. I don't know any of that. But I know what I've gone through and isn't easy. At times it's been really hard. But I tell you, my brethren, God has picked me from from the dirt and given me a second chance. And I'm sure He wants to do that with you as well. With that in mind, I'm going to ask you to go to Jeremiah chapter 29. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. And if you don't know where Jeremiah is, maybe you can just go to Psalms and then jump to the next book, the next book, and then it's coming up. Um, After Isaiah... Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. I'll read it. You can remain seated. In the, the, the Word of God says, For the Lord has... No, and the entire... I'm sorry. I'm in, I'm in Isaiah. <laughs> no wonder. Okay, there you go. All right. It says like this. It is interesting. I even had this thing divided in the Bible and forgot. (laughs) For I know the plans 
that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for calamity, to give you a future and a hope. If there's words we can find in the Bible of a caring God, it is here. He's got a plan for you, and He's got a name for the plans He's got for you. And you got to remember that when you're going through trials. But going back to the resolutions, if you've, if you've made resolutions, I bet you some of you made resolutions to lose weight. Have any of you made that resolution? Welcome to the club. It doesn't work. <laughs> we've, we've made resolutions, right? You know, some people think of going back to college. And they say, you know what, it's a new year. Why don't I go back to college and finish where I started? Some other people say, you know what? This new year, I'm going to learn to play an instrument. Has anyone thought of that? Yeah, learning to play an instrument? Praise the Lord. Some other people have said, you know what? This year, I'm going to start reading. I'm going to pick up books, and I'm going to start reading. It's a good thing. Some other people are thinking, maybe this year, I'm going to stop drinking. Praise the Lord for that. Praise the Lord for that. So we all make resolutions, and I think it's part of a tradition for most people in the world to make resolutions for the new year. So as I said, some some people decide to go back to college. Some people decide to read. Some people decide to play music. Some people decide to join a gym. Did anyone do it? Anyone? No? Good. Because of this, I did a, a research about this, and it says that the International Health Racket and Sports Club Association released a statistic stating that gyms sell memberships with the ex- expectation that only 18% of people will use their membership on a consistent basis. Maybe you didn't go to the gym to sign up, but I bet you that more than one have a membership at a gym that never goes to Let me see your hands. Okay, so there's a few. So pretty much you're wasting your money, right? Okay, make a better choice. So out of out of a hundred people, only eighteen people stay throughout the year uh, going to the gym and try to get healthier. The second week of January is the the is almost always the busiest of the year in the gym industry. When the new year comes around, many people make their plans. We welcome the new year with new desires, with new resolutions. Maybe we didn't accomplish those resolutions last year. Maybe I, when 2014 was coming in, I thought of, oh, this year I'm going to do this. And, and it didn't happen. So this year we said, okay, this year is going to happen. But reality is what makes you think that it's going to happen for reals. If you don't make any changes, your resolutions are going to be worthless by the end of this year. And we have, this, this is a new year. If you don't, if you don't do changes, if you don't make things different, by the end of this year, you're going to be the same person, just a little older, and you didn't accomplish anything. You didn't read a book, you didn't read the Bible, you didn't pray, you didn't get up early to have a, a quiet time with the Lord. You didn't do anything because you didn't make changes. It is important that if we actually want to accomplish those resolutions to make changes. And God has a resolution for your life and you're a part of His plans. So be, be aware and open your ears 
this morning because maybe we'll, He will talk to you through what I say this morning. God has a plan for your life. Don't waste it. Don't throw it out the window. Don't think I, I, I'm good for nothing. No, God has a plan. If you allow Him to work in your life and through your life, He will do great things. He will do great things. So, the first thing, it's people don't make resolutions to get older. Right? You never thought about making, I'm going to make this year a resolution to get older. Did anyone? No. We just get older, right? And another important thing is that people don't make resolutions to gain weight. Isn't it interesting? A few years back, I made a resolution. I said, and I posted on my Facebook account. I am a sinner. I have a Facebook. So I posted it on my Facebook account. And I said, you know what? I've been trying to lose weight for the past four years. This year, my resolution is to gain 40 pounds. And oh boy, that was a good hit. A lot of people started to comment on it. And you know what? The interesting uh, part of it is that I ended up losing 60 pounds that year. I gained it back. (laughs) So I'm thinking about doing the same resolution this year. But people make resolutions trying to attain, to accomplish something. To get from point A to point B to be better. We don't make resolutions to be worse. We make resolutions to be better, right? We, we're trying to get better in our life. And one of the things that I've learned is that if I trust in God, my resolutions, if God's resolutions are my resolutions, then I will be better. It doesn't matter how many resolutions I make. If they don't please God, my friend, you will be worse than you are right now. So God has to be your first resolution. If you don't make a resolution where you put God first in your life, you're going to be worse than you are right now. It doesn't matter how old you are. See, in people we have in church, we have many people that have been in church for 50 years. And I'm sure there's people here that have been in church for so long. But you know what? I'm sure that the time that you spend in church does not make you a mature spiritual person. That's not what will make you. You're going to get old, but you're not going to be mature in Christ. You need to mature in His Word, and it's through His Word that you will be mature. You could be 30 years old and be a mature Christian. Or you could be a 70-year-old and be an immature person. I am a pastor, and I deal with people all the time. And to top it off, I deal with Mexican people. <laughs> Lucky you. But you know what? I've been pastoring this church for three years now. And I start to see gray hair coming out. And believe it or not, I stand in front of the mirror and I say, I don't need this. But it's God who puts you in a place where He will make you grow. And He will put people around you that will pull your strings and make you make your life so miserable because He wants to do something with you, something bigger and greater. And you could either whine all you want and say, why me, why me, why me? Or say, you know what, Lord, just give me the strength to make it through. I want to be a blessing to somebody else. There's something I'm trying to teach my daughters. And what I'm trying to put in my daughters' heads and in their hearts is, Christ is first, so, no matter what. Christ is first, others are second, and you are third. Christ is first. If we were to do that in church, you know what, my friend? Your life will be better off. 
what happens with us is that we want to be first. Have you noticed that? When, uh, and it's just like, like kids. Uh, we have piñatas. And you know those things that you hang in the rope and you hit them? Okay, those are piñatas. And at the end of it, everyone jumps to get the candy. Even parents. I've seen it with my own eyes. <laughs> and then, my, I treat my daughters like princesses. So, they say no candy at the end. I don't have any candy. Because everybody else wants to be first. If it was like that in our spiritual life, all things will be different. All things will be different. So we make a resolution. We want to get younger. Did anyone buy any beauty products or, or uh, health products you know, to consume? Confess it. We want to get younger, right? Nobody wants to get older. We didn't make a resolution to get older. That's reality. I bought some products. <laughs> so we want to get younger. That's one reality. You want to get younger. The second one is you want to get healthier. Right? We want to get healthier. And the third one, we want to be richer. Right? Not Richard. He's not here today. But we want to have more health. We want to look younger. And we want to have more money. And for most people, those are their resolutions. And like I said, I've never heard of anyone say, this year I'm going to get older, and that's my resolution. No. It is a fact that you and I are getting older. We're getting older. There's no way back. And there's some young people here. Jacob is there. You're going to get older. As a matter of fact, you look older too. (laughs) We are going to get older. And time will come when you don't expect it. I was asking a brother this week, talking to him and just playing with his brain. And I was saying, hey, do do you know if your soul gets old? He's like, what? Yeah, your soul. I mean, now you know your body gets old, but what about your soul? And I tell him, I feel still like if I was 18. I, I Honestly, when I'm laying down in bed, no pains, nowhere, I feel like I'm 18. The problem is when I get up, then I know I'm not 18. But reality is that God created us with a purpose, and He's got a purpose for our lives. We waste the time chasing other purposes, such as getting younger. My friend, you're going to get older. So don't worry about getting older. Get into that stage in life, enjoying life, because God allows it to happen. Or else He would have taken you away a long time ago. He wants you to be a blessing at the stage of your life you are. Whether you're 20, 18, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 80s, 90s. Anybody gives any more? A hundred? God wants you to enjoy that stage of life. So three important things that the world is looking for, and I hope you're not. To get younger, maybe healthier. If you can help it, do it. And richer if it's for His will. There's a a parable that Jesus talked, and it's a very interesting parable about a, a, a man that made a resolution. And I'm going to ask you to go to Luke chapter 12. And in this story, in this parable, Jesus teaches what is the most important thing we must follow. 
And the Bible says in the verse 13, it says, Then one from the crowd said to him, Luke 12, 13, I'm reading. Teacher, tell my brother to divide inheritance with me. But he said to him, Man, who made me a judge or an arbitrator over you? And he said to them, Take heed and beware of covetousness. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. That is not where life is found. You know, many people that has a lot, they are scared for what they have. Life does not consist on how much I can acquire. Somebody says that whoever dies with the most toys die, uh, wins. And somebody else says, no, whoever dies with the most toys still dies. And doesn't take anything with them. It reminds me of that story of that rich man that died. And before he died, he told his wife, you know what? When I die, I want you to bury everything I have in the bag with me. Put it in the coffin. So he finally died. And... You know, his wife is telling the story to a friend and says, You know what this man said? What? When he died, he wanted to be buried with everything he had. <gasps> really? And there was a lot of money in the bank and says, And what do you do? He said, I wrote a check and I threw it in there. <laughs> so he was buried with everything he had. Many times, many times what we have is what makes our lives. My friend, don't don't be fooled. Don't be fooled. So we find this, that Jesus says, Life does not consist in the abundance of the things we possess. Verse 16 says, Then he spoke a parable to them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? Since I have no room to store my crops. So he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there I will store all my crops and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, Fool. This night your soul will be required of you. Then, whose will those things be which you have provided? So is he who lays up treasures for himself and is not rich towards God. If you're going to make a resolution for this year, or if you have a resolution for this year, make sure that your resolution goes along to with God's resolution for your life. Because if you're storing and storing whether it's riches or knowledge or whatever you want, and it's not for His kingdom and His glory, my friend, you're going to go to the tomb with all of that that you have, and God never was pleased with your life. You were a wasted life. God wants to be shown through you to the world that is lost. I love the, the song you guys were singing earlier. What was it? One can reach one? That's a beautiful song. You know what the problem is? Putting it to the practice. Right? We can sing it all we want, but if we don't do anything about it, my friend, nothing is going to happen. The world will continue to go to hell. And us, oh, well, we're going to heaven. Really? Have you ever heard what Jesus said? You see, we're so happy that we're going to heaven. But Jesus said, hey, wait a minute. 
Lord, Lord, I, I preached your word. Lord, I healed people. Lord, I cast out demons. And Jesus said, you know what? Get out of my sight, you evildoer. Because it is not those that preach, it is not those that heal, it is not those that cast demons that are going to heaven, Jesus says. But it's those that do my Father's will. And what is God's will? Go preach the gospel and make disciples. Many times the church is wasting the time just sitting down waiting for God to send the people. And we think it is true that God is who brings the growth. We see that in the book of uh, um, Acts. Right? It is God who brought the people to grow the church. But you know what? The church was ready. The church was ready. Their heart was ready. And God saw that the church was ready, so God sent the people. When the church is not ready, God is not going to send the people. We must be ready. And if our resolution is not reflecting His resolution, my friend, you're going to continue to be the same. And I'm speaking to you as a person, as a family. It is your responsibility to put in your resolution. This year, I know someone that does not know the Lord. And I'm not only going to share the gospel and leave them alone. That is like having babies all over. Isn't that a disaster in our society right now? Having babies all over is a disaster. The the important part of it is raising those babies. Teaching those babies. Giving them morals. That's the important part of it. And you know what? When we come to the Lord, it is the same thing. Don't go out there and preach the gospel. Just throwing the seed and not coming back to water it. Your job is to find someone and make a resolution to find someone that you're going to get close to that is not a believer. Don't bring people from other churches. That is recycling members. It doesn't work. And I'm speaking from experience. I've done it. And all I get is headaches. For a reason they left their church. Look for those that haven't heard the gospel. Look for those that really, really need the Lord. And once you find one, stick to that person for the rest of the year. Teach them. Instruct them. Show them how to walk in the faith. My, my friend, if you do that, I will bet you anything that your life will change. You will be different. You. Forget about the church. Ah, oh, Brother Roger is not discipling. Forget about Brother Roger. You. That reminds me of the story when Jesus told Peter, Peter, do you love me? And Peter said, of course I love you. You know that I love you, Lord. And he asked him three times. He said, Peter, do you love me? Lord, I love you. And then he said, he got really sad because he asked him a third time. And then he says, well, take care of my flock, right? And then it is interesting. And it happens all the time in churches and families everywhere. And Jesus is walking. And so is Peter. And then Peter turns around and sees John and says, Hey, Lord, what about him? And Jesus said, Hi, Peter, didn't I tell you you love me? Who cares about him? Do you care? And many times we would like God to be like that, you know. We often, we try to judge and teach God a lesson. God, what about him? And God says, who cares about him? That happens often in my house with my daughters. I tell one, you behave. But she's doing, I say, you behave. Who cares about her? You behave. Make a resolution that goes according to God's word and God's will. My friend, if you do that, you're going to be blessed. You see, many times we think that when we make something for God, we're doing God a favor. (laughs) Don't be fooled. You are doing yourself a favor. 
Because God will bless you. God will bless you. So then we find this fool man decided to store everything he had and not share and not be a blessing and not expand the kingdom of God. Don't be like this person. So we have three things that we're going to see this morning. And these are Paul's suggestions for a godly resolution. That's interesting. Godly resolutions. You see, what is today is the fourth. It's a new year. Still a new year. So you can still have a chance to make a resolution. The first one is walking wisdom. Walking wisdom. How hard can that be? Most of the times it just means keep your mouth shut. Right? Just walking wisdom. The, the Word of God says in Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. Uh, verse 15. Therefore, be careful how you walk. Walk in wisdom. Therefore, be careful how you walk. And it's not meaning how you literally walk. How you put the right foot in front of the left. It means your conduct. It means whom you are. You see, there's people, and I know it doesn't happen here. Or maybe, I don't know. But there's people that suddenly, they're, they are, they're angels. They're angels. They're holy. Some of them sing in the choir, or play the piano, or even preach. But Monday comes around, and out of nowhere, horns grow, right? <laughs> the halo is to the way in store until next week comes along. Walk in wisdom. What does that mean? Well, the Bible says the beginning of wisdom is what? The fear of God. So if I want to walk in wisdom, I have to what? Fear God. Right? How, when is it that I'm going to fear God? When I know Him. When I don't know God, I won't fear Him. There's so many kids that grew up without their parents, and they don't fear their parents. But I tell you what, my kids, when they do something wrong, they fear me. Especially if they see me with my belt. They fear me. You know why? Because they did wrong. If you really, really, really want to be an instrument in His hands, fear Him. You know what? Why do you smoke? Why do you drink? Why do you do, you do drugs? Why do you sleep around with so many women? Because you don't fear God. And someone thinks, well, the Bible doesn't say anything about smoking or drinking. By the way, I don't know if anyone smokes here. But if you do, quit. <laughs> because your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And the same goes for overeating. Right? And the same goes for ungodly music. And the same goes for things that God is not pleased with. You see, what happens with us, with the church, is that we're getting so similar to the world. Oh yeah, you're welcome. It is true you're welcome as you are in the process. God will change you. But how is it that God is going to change somebody when He sees you differently? When they know that you used to smoke and now you don't. When they know that you used to drink and now you don't. When they know that you used to abuse your wife or husband and you don't anymore. We are the reflection of His glory. And if we don't do anything about it, my friend, people won't believe. 
people. You see, reality is that people are waiting to truly see someone willing to pay the price of being like Christ. You know what that means? Well, in the beginning, when Christ started His church, all of His disciples died. Because they were willing to make a difference. They were willing to get out of their comfort zone and make a difference for Himself, for Christ. So, your job is to walk in wisdom. Walk in wisdom. And it says, Ephesians chapter 5, verse six, uh, 15 says, Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise. And New King James says, See then that, you're, that you walk circumspectly, right? How, what does that mean? Well, that means careful. That means you are careful when you walk. That means that you consider all the circumstances about something. I remember when I was a new believer, we used to meet with my pastor, and he used to teach us the darnest things. And he would say, make sure that when you go to the liquor store to buy milk, don't put it in a bag. And come out of the liquor store with a bag. Even though it's milk in there, people are watching you. He says, if you're going to go to the liquor store and buy milk, get it out of the bag. And come out of the liquor store with the milk in your hand. Because it is important what other people will think of you coming out of a liquor store. If possible, don't go to the liquor store. But watch how you walk. Watch how you walk your testimony. It is interesting, and I say it often to the youth and younger people. God does not have grandkids. He only has children, not grandchildren. So everyone must receive Him. And hear me well, I'm not saying accepting. The Bible never says accept Jesus as your Savior. He says receive Jesus as your Lord. Every corner that you find that is receive and receive and receive. And I don't know if I mentioned it before, but it's like someone handing you, uh, pulling out a hundred dollar bill and saying, Would you re- uh, accept this? What would you say? Yes. Okay. But you're waiting to receive it. You accepted it. You don't have it. Until you receive it. And once you receive that, you can use, uh, make use of it. You must receive Christ as your Lord. And of course, He's the only Savior. There's no one in the world that claims to be the Savior. He's the only Savior. Mohammed was not the Savior. Right? Uh, and all of Buddha was not the Savior. But you know the interesting part of it? There's so many lords. So many lords. For some, riches. For some other, fame. For some other, sports. For some other, cars. You name it. There's so many lords. They follow those lords. But Christ says, I want to be your only Lord. It is interesting that no one else is claiming to be a Savior, but Christ. And we often, when we talk about coming into a relationship with Christ... We often say, I want to accept you. What are your terms to accept Him? You have no terms. On the other hand, He accepts us as we are. We receive Him. And that's what the Bible says. So, walking wisdom. Not as fools, but as wise. What is a fool? 
And uh, back in the days, uh, many, many years ago, a fool was a clown, right? To entertain kings and um, well-off people. And Paul says, don't be a fool. Don't be a clown. But also the, the word fool, uh, it's someone that is a silly person. It's an empty-headed person. And also, it's a stupid person. Now that word in my house is a bad word, but that's what the dictionary says. A fool person is that one that knows what is the right thing to do and does not do it. If you know what is the right thing to do and you don't do it, my friend, don't fool yourself. So we must be wise. We must look and seek for His counseling and His word. uh, And we must memorize the scripture. We must memorize scripture to become more like Him. That is that is the job. And your calling, many of us say, well, I'm not perfect. Good for you. Then there's room for you to grow. If you're not perfect, you know what? You're in the right spot. God wants you to be perfect. Number two, very important thing that you must do and I must do uh, to make a good resolution for this year is become a virtuous person. A virtuous person. Now, what is a virtuous person? Well, a virtuous person is someone that has high moral standards. That's it. How many of you steal? How many of you stole this bathroom? You went to the store, you paid, and they gave you extra change. Maybe you know, Praise the Lord. How many of you went to the store, and before you paid, you ate two uh, strawberries? That's silly, isn't it? If they believe you, if they catch you, they will, they will either spank you or they will embarrass. But we need to, as Christians, we need to have good morals. It is not possible for a believer of Christ to be an immoral person. Can you believe that? Sleeping around? Oh, but I, I am a Christian. Really? I went to Vegas to uh, on a mission trip. And I, you know, brand new, I was a new Christian. And I was preaching the gospel with everyone on the street. And most people said, oh, I received Christ already. And I was really liquor, a beer in their hands. I was like, wow. Well, that's not the Christ that they showed me when they told me about receiving Christ. The Christ they showed me is the Christ that was going to make my life new. And that's what's going on. What happened with you? So what is the Christ? Who is the Christ that you are following? What is your resolution? Is it reflecting His His character? Are you becoming wiser because of that? Are you becoming a virtuous person? What is right is right and what is wrong is wrong? And you don't, you don't disguise it? There's something that I keep on teaching that to my daughters. Do the right thing. You know what? They will have the opportunity... When the time comes to do the right thing. And I speak a lot about them because that's, those are the only ones that allow me to spank them. And they will do what I say. I don't, I don't speak like that of other people because they don't allow me to spank them. But something I see in, a, in, in my daughter, she came out the other day. She, they always dress up for church. And they ask me, how do I look, Daddy? And one time she came out with a really tight dress. She's growing up. And I said, I don't know, what do you think? 
I don't want to say, you know, you look too big for the small dress. You know how women are. So, so I threw it back at her. I said, what do you think? And she says, you know, I think it's a little too tight. I said, okay, then go change. What am I doing? I'm awakening in their mind what is the right thing to do. What is the right thing to do? And giving them the tools that they need to make the right choices. And I said this before, but what happens with our kids when they go to high school, after they go to high school and they go to college? Why do they abandon the faith? You know why? Because we entertain them all of those 18 years of their lives. They know vegetables left and right, but they don't know how to share the gospel. They don't know how to get up early in the morning without anyone telling them to have a quiet time. We didn't train them for that. We entertain them all of this time. So when they are off to college, you know what they do? They just go off, they get crazy in the world. They see and find things they didn't when they were in church. So you, my friend, need to have the tools to empower those new believers. Not, not to babysit them. That's not your job, that is not my job. So you need to grow. You need to become a virtuous person. Maybe this year will be the good year. And the third one is, let Christ live through you. Let Christ live through you. I live no longer, said Paul. I, I'm dead. But Christ lives in me. Let Him live through you. What is your resolution this year? Maybe you are coming this morning here. You know, really, in your heart, seeking, looking for God. Really wanting to have that real relationship with the Lord. And I will tell you what, I found Him a long time ago. Or better said, He found me. A long time ago. I was lost. But now I'm found. He found me. And He gave me another opportunity. If I... If I can speak good about me, like the Apostle Paul said, allow me to be crazy to you. But I never stole, I never did drugs, and I never smoked as a habit, and I never drank as a habit. My dad was a bar, and I was a bartender. And you know what? I was fed up that life. And I was a very religious person. But God had mercy on me, and He found me and picked him up and gave me another opportunity. Can He do that with you? Of course He can. Regardless, regardless of where you are right now. You could have grown up in church. Maybe, like, remember that uh, boy that came to Christ and says, Lord, what do I need to do uh, to, to go to heaven? And what did Jesus say? What did you manage? You know, the law. Oh, I kept them all. Really, said Jesus? Wow, good for you. Then go, get rid of all you have, and come and follow. And you get really sad, because his God is not the real God. Who is your God? Who is your real God? You know, there's a verse that I didn't touch, and I like to touch it. I know we're done with time, but it's a very important verse that I like to uh, to touch. And it is the Apostle Paul speaking, and it says uh, in the book of Ephesians, a verse, what was it, verse 14? 15? Okay, verse 16 says, Making the most of your time. This is a very important, redeeming the time, says in King James Version. This is a very important. Have you ever told anyone, if I was your age, if I had your age, maybe you have, or have 
anyone told you. If I had your age. You know, there's people that regret what they've done in their lives. They wish they could do it all over again. They could start fresh. The Apostle Paul says here, you know what? There are things very important in life. For him was Christ. For him was Christ. And he showed it with his life. So it says, it says verse 16, Making the most of your time because the days are evil. You know, redeem the time. Redeem, what does that mean? That means, you know what, do the most important things right now. Don't be like that rich fool man wanting to expand for his own glory. No, do the most important things. My friend, we're getting older and New Year. Who knows a crisis is coming this year? Who knows? So we have an opportunity. If you haven't made a resolution or if you've made your resolution, follow these guidelines. Do they please God? Will His name be honored? Will He bless me? If you follow those three steps, I bet you at the end of the year, at the end of the year, God will bless you and He will show you that that was His will. Why don't we uh, stand up to pray? But before we pray, I don't know if we're going to bring a song. Before we pray, what is your resolution for you? What is your resolution? Maybe God brought someone to your to your mind. You saw a face and you you saw a name. Maybe it was John, your co-worker, your cousin, your friend that is not a believer. It is your job. It is not the job of witnesses. It is not the Mormons. It is your job to go tell them Christ loves you and He wants to have a relationship with you. You know what? If you do that, you will show His world. You will change His life. Whether He comes to know Christ or not, He will think differently. Like, wow, really? Somebody there cares for me? Or, you can remain silent. So the next year comes around, we meet here and we say, one can change one more, whatever his own says. We don't, we don't put it to practice. It was worthless. It was just words coming out of our lips without any impact in our real world. Our real world that is tangible. We can touch it. We can see a movie. That is the real world. Christ came to die for that real world. What are you going to do about it? Don't think I'm too old. Don't think I'm too young. Let Christ use you for His honor. Amen. Why don't we sing this song?